Chapter 48 Santa Barbara Botanical Gardens A few years before Abby was born, I finished installing the sprinklers and planted the lawns around the house. In the back of my mind, I was always working on designing the gardens I wanted to plant around the greens, intending to embed them with a theme artistically. I created the palette by planting flowers, small, medium, and tall bushes, and shrubs, as well as vines and ground covers, but had no reason to plant trees. Mary and I lived under a solid oak canopy. I drew maps of the future gardens, but was limited in ideas. I needed to enrich my planting options by better understanding which plants did best under the shade of oaks, others that flourish right next to the watered lawns, and still others best suited for the occasional areas of bright sunlight. I visited all the nearby nurseries and signed up for local plant seminars. After the trip to Dallas, I enrolled in three weekend sessions on plant propagation at the Santa Barbara Botanical Gardens. The first course was on seed propagation, the next Saturday classes on cuttings, and a week later a final course on bulb and rhizome division. These classes excited me. I learned magic trade techniques to create many plants from one, for free. Besides learning the science, I focused on the economics of my new hobby. Just as I could not leave Pebble Beach without free golf balls in spite of the fact that I do not play golf, I felt drawn to this new endeavor by being able to create a vast number of plants for free. I shared my enthusiasm with Susan, and she also began to look at flowers in a fresh way. That's how we were so alike. I became a member of the Santa Barbara Botanical Gardens to obtain a price break on the seminars, and I received monthly brochures. The garden was having a plant sale Saturday, October 15th a few weeks after my new daughter, Abby, was born. I asked Susan if she wanted to attend. I hadn't invited Mary because she didn't vocalize much interest to me about my outdoor designs. I was drawn again to Susan because we shared another new commonality. Mary and I attended the Las Vegas COA convention together in mid-September, but now she became entirely focused on motherhood. In spite of the fact I had been, and currently was, the conductor of the orchestra, I felt I was now a background accessory for the family as well as spousal affairs. I used this resentment to justify my current decisions. Because we were members of the garden, Susan and I were allowed an early entrance for the plant sale. After placing my newly purchased plants into my truck, Susan and I wandered the pathways of the garden and had decided it was time to build a greenhouse. I bought UV-resistant plastic and Susan called in a favor from one of her ostrich friends to supply me with curved galvanized metal pipes to form the greenhouse framework. Over the next few months, I installed water and electrical lines, put the metal pieces together, attached the greenhouse plastic to the metal, and built the propagating tables, filling their beds with a mixture of sand, vermiculite, and perlite. Finally, I made sure the beds were automatically misted four times a day, and then I went to gather my free samples of plant material. Everywhere I went, I could hear the plants yelling at me. Snip off a branch and make cuttings. You can help me form roots and then grow me in a pot. Once I am big enough, you can plant me outside and watch me as I mature to fill in another piece of your landscaping map. I always carried pruning shears in my truck to take samples from any plant available for free cuttings. Three weeks later, Susan and I met again at the Botanical Gardens. On Thursday, November 8th, we sat together to hear a lecture on the development and maintenance of hillside gardens. There was a tour of these gardens on Saturday, so I stayed over with Susan. I didn't want to drive back home for a day, and then drive south again for the tour, 
so I had Robin arrange ostrich calls in the Santa Barbara and Santa Inez areas to allow me to combine work to make my playtime justifiable. On Friday, I drove to Dave H.'s house. He had a group of three-month-old chicks with severely proliferated scaling on their feet. Evidently, it was painful because the chicks walked as if they were transversing broken glass. This change in biomechanics caused their growing legs to develop incorrectly, and many of them required euthanasia because the legs were irreversibly twisted. The scaling of the feet is called hyperkeratosis and indicates the skin cells of the area are growing and reproducing too quickly, resulting in a significant buildup of warty growths on the appendage. There were similar warty type of growths on the lower beak, around the nostrils, and on the upper eyelids. Dave's regular vet performed a culture of the warty lesion, and had found the Staphylococcus aureus bacteria growing in the wound. The lab ran sensitivity tests and found ciproflaxin was the antibiotic needed to kill this bug but Cipro didn't stop the lesion's progressions. The staph infection was an incidental finding unrelated to the cause. Plus, the necropsy I sent in indicated no fungal filaments or viruses. The skin change wasn't caused by an infection. What about vitamin E, I thought? That's essential to the skin. I recalled seeing a similar scaly dermatosis in chickens, and I think that's what turned my head to the vitamin thing. Well, I was right. Vitamin E levels were less than half their average low value. These birds have skin changes because the feed is inadequate in vitamin E, I told Dave. Doesn't vitamin E come from the sun? he asked. No, that's vitamin D, I replied. Vitamin E is a fat-soluble vitamin that needs to be eaten. They can get it from their feed. I know Tom Germain from Templeton Feed sprays safflower oil for vitamin E in his feed for ostrich. Where do you buy your feed from? From Utah. We get it shipped in bulk. Two truckloads from Utah are stored in those two metal silos. Let's go over and check them out, I decided. When was the feed delivered, Dave? Two months ago, mid-June. He swung the door open and we walked inside feeling the temperature. See how hot it is? I picked up a sample from a bin and sniffed. It smells like a stale potato chip, I decided. That means the oil is going rancid from the heat and the vitamin E has gone bad. Your birds aren't getting enough vitamin E, Dave. You need to supplement with oil immediately and change out to a fresher feed. Should I keep up with the antibiotics too? Yeah, the skin's not going to be right for a month. The antibiotics will help. A week later, I ran into a similar case. A group of four-month-old birds developed scabby lesions around their beaks and necks, and related rough injuries showed up on the legs when the birds scratched their legs enough to break open the skin. Once again, bacterial cultures revealed Staphylococcus aureus but there had to be a different cause for this. There was. The blood vitamin E level was 0.1, which is below the 0.2 parts per million average. These farms were showing different levels of vitamin E deficiency because of our hot summer and fall. Soon, everyone was top dressing vitamin mineral powder in the feed. The next call I went on was in Ojai. Mike K asked me to screen two new hens he purchased. Checking the birds out physically, I drew blood and ran a sterile swab up their cloacas to make sure they had no underlying issues. During the workup, Mike told me about a fellow down in Dana Point, who was in the process of pulling in investors to open a large ostrich farm in Mexico. Mike said he had put in $10,000 to be part of the project, and wanted to know if I was interested. I told him yes, and he gave me the phone number to a fellow named Roy M. Once I was back at the hotel, I called Roy. 
and arranged an interview on Sunday. The next morning, Susan and I went to Hillside Garden. I brought my camera as well as a notepad and pen. As our group traveled from garden to garden, I photographed the hillsides, drawing the plan out on my notebook where I listed the names of each plant in the composition. This way, I could review the slides at home and recreate the arrangement if I wanted. This picture-taking and mapping behavior became the method I used for every garden tour I went on. After the tour, I drove home to process the various blood and culture samples I collected from my calls. The next morning, I was back in my truck for a six-hour drive south to Dana Point to be interviewed for a veterinary position at a colossal ostrich ranch in Mexico. Driving south to Dana Point, I was mentally preparing for the interview. I decided if this project were as big as Mike Kay suggested, I would push hard for a high salary and give up my vet clinics and large animal work. I was thrilled with excitement over the possibilities. It was a fun drive down. About two in the afternoon, I pulled up to a nondescript track home in Dana Point, with a dated white Cadillac parked in front of the garage. I got out of the truck, made sure I locked the doors, walked up the concrete pathway leading to the front door, and rang the doorbell. Over the sound of a yappy dog barking, I heard the deadbolt turn. The dog was told to shut up, the door opened, and a man came outside to greet me. I introduced myself and shook hands with Roy M. Roy had been expecting me, waiting for lunch to take me out for a bite to eat. He offered me a ride in his Cadillac, but I declined, telling him I preferred to follow. During the drive, I noticed Roy's right taillight was knocked out, replaced with red plastic, and held onto the car with duct tape. We drove just outside his housing track and pulled into a Caro's restaurant. I ordered a mushroom with Swiss cheese hamburger, fries, and beer, and waited for Roy to offer his tail. He talked to me for an hour. He had the operation entirely thought out. The ostrich ranch was 60 miles south of the U.S. border. The main headquarters of the company was based in San Diego, allowing the employees to stay in the United States during their time off. A helicopter would take the leading operators across the border to the Mexican ranch and return them to the U.S. at the end of the day. As I was wondering what kind of illegal drugs I could bring home with me in the helicopter every night, I realized it was getting late and I needed to use the restroom. When I returned, I told Roy that I needed to get back home. But he was not about to let a potential catch swim away. He told me he had already purchased the site and had an architect working on plans for the farm. He requested I look at the plans from a veterinarian's point of view to troubleshoot future problems. I acquiesced and followed the broken white Cadillac back to its parking spot in the oil-stained driveway of the nondescript track home. Inside the house, Roy pulled out reams of maps and drawings and laid them on the kitchen table. At one point, his wife came out to get something from the refrigerator. She was a platinum blonde woman about 50 years old and was uninterested in this new scheme. After she left, Roy began flipping through some topographic maps of northern Mexico. Finally, he settled on one and placed his finger on a site. Oh wait, that site was not the one he wanted to show me, and I watched as he slowly moved his finger up and down the map like a Ouija marker. Here it is, he whispered under his breath, and showed me the site where the ranch was. I focused on the end of his vibrating finger, but didn't recognize the place. I had not hiked that part of Mexico. Finally, I quit the game. That's great, Roy, but I need to think about this. I've got to go. I've been traveling all week. Wait, Doc, we haven't negotiated your salary. I need $300,000 to make it worthwhile for me to leave my two practices and my ostrich setup. No problem, Roy replied. You're hired. 
I want you on the team. We shook hands. I looked around to make sure I wasn't leaving anything as he was pushing the maps together. Hey, Doc, now that you're pulling in a salary, I was wondering if you'd like to invest like an insider by putting in seed money. It can only increase in value exponentially. I don't think so. How much are you talking about? Not very much. $10,000. What do you think? I think I'll put in $25,000. His face brightened. He nodded yes. This is indeed a wise idea. I'll give you my entire first month's salary as soon as I get it. You have my promise, Roy. Let me know. Okay? End of chapter. More than I could feel Touching what is real All my mind is spinning round Carolina spinning down Today Let's see. 
for listening. The entire autobiography can be purchased as an old-fashioned paper book or an e-book as well as an 11-disc audiobook set or can be downloaded from the audiobook site Spotify. More details are on my website jeadvm.com. Thank you for listening.